0: Today, we're honored to have Lisa Bilyeu with us. Talk about a powerful, badass woman. Lisa was a co-founder of Quest Nutrition, the co-founder and president of Impact Theory, and the founder of Women of Impact. She talks to us about deciding to be a high achiever, building an honest relationship with your partner, and finding your way to making your dreams a reality. This inspiring episode will light an encouraging, but hot fire under your ass, to get moving on building your life on your terms. So I'm really excited about today's podcast because we have the most wonderful power lady, Lisa Bilyeu, today. Hello. Hello, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Just for those of you who may not know, Lisa was the co-founder of Quest Nutrition And the co-founder of Impact Theory, which is not just Impact Theory. There's women's. There's women of impact and health theory and relationship and relationship theory and she's lots of theories. Lots of theories. <laughs> lots of. Th- I don't even know how you have the time to have that many podcasts and that much of a like studio. You're basically building like a. You're kind of going a rival with like Disney. It seems yeah, right. Yeah, that's the
1: goal. That's the
0: goal. A, that's a very hefty goal. It is. It's amazing. Her, her husband's Tom Billieu as well, mm-hmm. and. How, my first question, honestly, is like, how are you guys both working together, married, and still like not killing each other? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that's a lot of togetherness. Mm-hmm. And, well, share. Because- yeah,
1: um, it really started from our relationship. So what do we want as a family, as a unit? What is that goal that we both agree on? Because that makes all the difference. If you're not on the same page of that, then you're always going to um, butt heads when right. you come into conflict. So we said, okay, we really want to be in the film business. We both really love the art. I went to film school. He went to film school. So our goal initially was we want to make money that we can, um, so that we can use to make our own films. Mm. Um, because we would both worked on movie sets and we both hated it. Because Hollywood, especially back then, I don't want to claim now, but back then, it's like, basically eat or be eaten yeah and my whole life i wanted to be in the film business and so did my husband but i was like i'm not willing to give up who i am and allow people to treat me poorly right and i'm not willing to treat other people poorly to get ahead so if this is what hollywood is i don't want any part of it right and so he said well if we have our own finances then we can make our own stuff now bear in mind this is 20 years ago in a 700 square foot apartment we're just married we barely have two cents to scrape together and that was his he's like well let's just make the money ourselves i was like cool babe let's do it
0: um, so you're telling me sorry to yeah no please here. please so before quest was even oh, quest yeah. that so your your whole both of you your whole just goal was to make money to make films correct and
1: so he said it and it's the naive to the beginner you're like sure let's make some money yeah. it can't be too hard so we agreed that we were going to do um, be on that path so that's key number one is make sure that you're in agreement on the path you're about to take So we said, what does that look like? Like the no, can I swear on this podcast? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, the no like bullshit, like what is actually going to take for us to be achievers at that level? And so we looked at the really high achievers and you look at Steve jobs Mm -hmm. and he always wears the same t-shirt. he never, you know, the Mm -hmm. same color. Why? Because we have a limited amount of decisions we can make in a day. So we said, okay, well, if this is really true, if if he if Tom is going out to um work in the business world and entrepreneurship wasn't really a thing back then, I mean right. I'm kind of aging myself now, but this was like eighteen, nineteen years ago.
0: absolutely now it's become like a it's like a phenomenon. Mm-hmm. it's it's like a buzzword right? right?
1: It did not exist back then. so it was like, I'll go out and make money and I'll try and be, you know, I'll be successful and bring home. So I said, okay, well, what part do I play in that? Do I go out to work as well? And now we're tag teaming. Mm -hmm. But then we're like, well, if we're doing a nine to five, there's only a certain amount of money I can bring in from a nine to five. But if he's trying to, exactly. But if he's trying to build a business, then that cap, there's there's no cap. So we agreed as a team that I would take on all decisions other than business. So he was gonna go out, he was gonna build a business, and I was gonna make every single other decision. So what clothes he was gonna wear, I was deciding. So he would wake up in the morning, because we were we were dedicated to this is our mission. Right. Okay, what does it take to do it? If it takes not making any decisions apart from work, then are we in? Yes, we're in. Okay, what does that actually look like? you divided and conquered. Exactly, what are the roles? Okay, well, I'm going to facilitate everything else. He's going to go out to work. I'm going to do everything. So he wakes up in the uh, day. His um, gym clothes were laid out for him. He would put on his gym clothes, go to the gym. He'd come back. His work clothes were laid out for him. He'd get changed. His food was already made for him. So he didn't have to make any decisions in the first part of his morning. And as a team, we decided Mm -hmm. that was the life we were going to do in order to get to the goal. We had... Um, dedicated to each other and committed to each other. So anytime we hit a roadblock, Mm -hmm. let's say, so I ended up becoming a housewife, a Mm stay-at-home housewife for eight years, and that was how? Because initially, it was was just gonna be a year. We're gonna make enough money Mm -hmm. in a year, I'm gonna be a stay-at-home wife, and that's what we're gonna do. But it turned into an eight-year journey. Yeah. And over that time, I did absolutely get bored, I got complacent, I didn't feel challenged, Um, I felt like my life was, I was living for him, but I wasn't resentful towards him because it wasn't that he put me in that position. We decided as a team. Right. And so we basically, that's the strategy we've used all along the way. So when we started Quest, it was, what is the goal? Are we willing to sacrifice the house? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Now we know if we lose the house, there's no animosity because I think that's where couples get.
0: That's so true.
1: Get caught up where it's like, oh, we've lost the house, and I did not want to lose the house, but if you make the decision together, we call it, are we in? And we, Mm -hmm. in essence, put our hand in a pile and say, do we agree? Um, So that we both can take the responsibility if one of us is unhappy, okay Well, it's not the other person doing it to you. It's the situation has um, Developed Mm -hmm. that now you're in unhappy. so I became um, profoundly unhappy and I stumbled into quest that actually wasn't my goal Like I'm gonna break free and I'm gonna start business with my husband. That wasn't my goal It was like my husband came home one day and said hey His him and his business partners had this idea of making a protein bar. Do I mind helping and I was being the good housewife. I was being the good good supportive woman. I was like, of course, babe, I'll help you. But that's how my journey actually started. It was purely accidental.
0: Um, Wow, that's interesting. I love that you say that, though. Those are very good points. Because when you come to it at a different... People say that they... They take that role, let's say the supporter wife role mm-hmm. or the backseat role, and they they don't put value, the same value on those things, like making making the clothes or putting the clothes mm-hmm. out or making the breakfast. But the truth is you're putting so many things on autopilot for the other half of your the part, your partner to succeed. Without that support, they can't have that same success. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you how you guys you guys came to it together yeah. as a team.
1: And I, at the time, and I've changed a lot since then. I did not have a growth mindset back then, right? Um, And so I had, we had a goal, and it was like, I'm going to do whatever it takes, even if I'm profoundly happy right
0: now. I love that growth mindset. That's Carol Dweck. Yeah, Yeah, I love love that. Yeah.
1: Um, But right, but like I was like, I'm going to be unhappy. It doesn't matter if it takes me one, two, three years. I'm going to do what it takes, and that was definitely my mentality back then I think a lot of entrepreneurs have that even mentality now where it's like my life ceases to exist and because of my health issues that I've been suffering Mm -hmm. it's like yes have big goals for me plan it what how am i going to execute i'm going to go after it but i have to enjoy the now i have to enjoy what i do and it's not like you have to enjoy every day because it's like the truth is even doing a business that you love you're going to have days that completely suck
0: yeah of and course that's part of life it is exactly
1: yeah. but if every week you feel like you're satisfied and you're really doing something that like really um yeah satisfies you right then it's okay but i was just grinding <clears throat> i was just grinding day in day out I was grinding as the house like as a housewife I was just um I call it emotional purgatory yeah where it's like I didn't really feel strongly either way I was like okay well I'm doing this for the bigger good yeah, so and I didn't hate it it wasn't like I was being tortured I had a, you know a right. decent life I had a roof over my head but the complacency like the complacency yeah and that to be honest is even more scary yeah, than being in a position that I hate because at least when you're down and you really don't like what you're doing you feel strongly about it right. Right. Enough and to you maybe, change it. Exactly. Yeah. Enough to change it. But what happens when you're in emotional purgatory? Yeah.
0: You just kind of keep on going yes. and it's like, wah, wah, Like you kind of just kind of keep with the status quo. So then yeah. when that, when, so when Tom came home with his business partner with this idea of this, you know, this bar yeah. of some kind, What, like, you said you're gonna help out. How did it become, how did it go from that into what it is now?
1: Yeah, so um, he came home with this idea and like, We're gonna make the bars, we just need your help. Like, do you mind just measuring a couple of ingredients? We're gonna rent a kitchen and we're gonna make them with knives and rolling pins. I was like, Yeah, of course. Like, what if I can do to help? Um, so we would rent a kitchen on, um, in the evenings or really early morning mm-hmm. and um, the Tom and his business partners and the wives and we would all go there and we would roll bars and we were making about 2,000 bars in probably eight hours. And it's very tedious. It's with a knife and wow. it's with a rolling pin and it's your heat sealing with a tiny little pedal. Um, And just to give you an idea, now we make like 1.5 million bars a day.
0: No, I know. Um, Well, now the company is like sold for billions of dollars. Yeah, But but, but nevertheless, (laughs) you know, I think you're making Um, more than 2,000 bars for sure. Yeah, exactly.
1: And so we... We were making them by hand. And again, I was just supporting my husband. I was going to help him on this new business venture. Because again, what people don't may not know is we started like 10 other companies before Quest. We we had a real estate company with a, a domain company where we were buying like website domains and then trying to resell them. Um, we had a graphic design company where I was doing graphic design for websites. You know, that many companies? Yeah, and it's just, you try it. You either hate it or you don't feel passionately about it. Or you're like, I'm not willing to give up X, Y, and Z. So for instance, graphic design company, yeah. I, I do art in my spare time. And so I just put saying? a design company together. I got a coder and I started doing jobs for people. And I hated it. And the reason why I hated it was I was working for the client. And it was like, what I loved about art was being creative. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, well, I realized this isn't a job that I can sustain because I actually, it's sucking the life out of me. And so we just moved on.
0: Um, you should and, be a stylist actually in your next job. Oh. I, love, I love your style. <laughs> <Thank> you <laughs>
1: and but, so we just. Um, So with Quest, we kind of just went in saying, you know, is this something that we really enjoy? It was definitely something that was gonna bring value to people because my husband's um, family were all very um, overweight. And so right. Mother Teresa says, um, I think it's the quote, like, no one's going to help the many, but people will fight for the one. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you're going to fight for the person in your life that it's going to make a difference for. Yeah. And my husband's mum was severely overweight, and so was his sister. Um, and so we were fighting for that. And so I was like, of course, I'm going to help you, babe. Why, you know, I'm going to support you. And so I was just shipping bars from my living room floor. And it was like, we got an order in. I'd be so excited that I would text him and be like, we got a right. one bar order. And then before I knew it, it was like, wow, we've got 10 orders today. And then before I knew it, it was like, wow, we've got 20 orders. I'm like, wow, my rug is getting too small for these 20 orders. Right. So we went to um, then our business partner's garage and I started shipping from there. And that's for me, it was like, well, Lisa, you already know it. You already know how to print, so just keep going. I was like, well, you already know. Because they, right. they all had their like, full-time job that they were doing. So we started Quest on the side.
0: Right, because they had you were doing the other stuff, yeah. that you were getting his clothes. Yeah. What was he do? What was Tom do? So they had a tech company, the tech company, yeah, which he hated. Right, um,
1: but it was it was the most financially successful we'd ever been up to that point. But it was miserable, and my husband was coming home every day miserable. And I said, I don't care about the money. I need my husband back. Right, and I was like, you either need to quit this job, you need to either tell your partners that you know we're moving on, or we need to do something else. But sacrificing my husband for money isn't what I signed up for. Like. Right. I I would rather live with you happy in a tiny ass apartment than live with you miserable in a big house right so that was immediately he went to his business partners he's like we have to change and that's where quest was born
0: so then who came up with the recipe for quest who thought okay you know what this tech company is not working we're gonna do I know you're obviously and I had Tom on before about his family being over you know overweight but then what what was the that moment that light bulb that went okay you know what i'm going to start like a protein bar you know i
1: don't i don't really think it's ever a light bulb moment it was a discussion it's an evolution was having, yeah. over time so it's like we all worked out but like um i was kind of all the wives in fact were kind of making these like handmade protein bars so it was like mm. you take some peanut butter you take some water you take some protein powder and then you kind of you know mash it together and tom would take one of these that i would make from home he would take them to work with him but the second you made it, you put water to it, it activates the molding process so they don't last long. You had to keep them in the fridge. And so they were kind of all sitting around, like, just being like, well, this kind of sucks. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, well, what if we had a bar that you could actually use that didn't have, to, that was shelf stable? And so it was kind of, some, right. that's like how it started. But when he came home... And I started shipping bars. Like I wasn't really thinking about bringing the value or the impact we were going to have on other people. I was, again, just thinking, how do I help my husband? Right. And then when we committed to it, we said our house is on the line. So he said, are you prepared to lose a house if this doesn't work? And I said, yes. Because I looked at my options and I said, okay, I can hold on to this house and know that I'm actually holding my husband back for who he fundamentally is as a human being, mm-hmm. which is a man who wants to explore, is an entrepreneur at heart. And so if I, I'm like, no, I don't want to risk my house, I'm, I'm, I am holding him back. Mm-hmm. And how would I feel if he was holding me back for something that was fundamentally who I was as a human? Right. I wouldn't feel that that was a partnership. So I said, okay. I really do believe he needs to take this chance. And then also my house, what does it really mean? I'm not gonna, what's the worst case scenario? Mm -hmm. That I'm out on the streets and I can't afford food. Well, I know neither of those things are actually gonna happen because I know that I will be able to get food. I've got family that would help. And a roof over my head. I know that I could stay with friends. So when my two worst case scenarios I know will never happen, all I'm really holding on to now really is comfort.
0: Right. Comfort. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: am I willing to sacrifice my husband, like who he is feeling supported for comfort? No, I'm not willing to do that. So I said, babe, let's do it. And if we lose the house, we lose the house. Right. So because we had committed to the house, that was when it was like, well, shit, Lisa, you better get your ass in gear because we're going to lose the house. Right. So every time we started growing, we were growing 57,000%. So I went from shipping from my living room floor to two years later, I had 40 for zero employees underneath me. I was running a 10,000 square foot warehouse. I was dealing with GNC, freight deliveries, international um, policies, um, and I had no idea what I was doing. Right. And when people were like, how did you do it? How did you do it? It really was, I had the option to fail or to learn how to actually right. succeed and I had to face my inadequacies. That wasn't easy. Like Lisa, you're not good at this, right. but you can get good. And so kind of going through that mindset of like going from being this housewife that was just supportive to like, you've got to figure this shit out on your own otherwise you lose your house. Right. I just took then the initiative to learn. You had learn. that pain,
0: you had that pain. Yeah, yeah that I You really would did. Yeah.
1: And then it eliminated the fear because the fear of like, oh my God, what if I don't know? Well, you don't know. So right. face your fear. Because the only option is to face it and overcome it or to back off. Well, backing off to me wasn't an option because I didn't want to lose my house. So I became very comfortable with not knowing what I was doing. I became very comfortable with saying, you're not good at it yet. But I also became very comfortable with knowing I could get good at it if I chose to. And that just shifted my mindset. That changed me as a human being. That changed me of how I saw myself um and then that allowed me to really grow into the person i am today where it's like now i really love to learn and i love to tackle things that are challenging without it letting it dent my ego
0: right like you guys must have a super solid foundation right as a couple and i think that's why I think you have really, it's called relationship impact or relationship impact, theory. Really like, yeah, it's all together. Exactly. It's like a whole <laughs> smorgasbord of yeah. words there. But because I think you guys have a really good handle on, like, really, like what makes a good relationship. Mm-hmm. And we said something earlier that I think it was really important, like, because it looks like, you know, you became, you had a strong relationship, you have, you've built this very successful business, then you now have another very successful business. And it's like, how do you, how do you do it all? How do you have it all? And like you said something that really resonates, like, well, you had a lot of sacrifice, you had to give up. And I I love that you say that, because I think a lot of times people don't realize that with a lot of that comes that there does come sacrifice, Mm -hmm. people don't want to be honest about that. So let's talk about that. Yeah. Let's talk
1: about that. Yeah. Let's talk about, yeah, that. Let's it, talk about that. I I mean, I sacrifice every day and we sat down and we said, what are we willing to sacrifice and what are we not willing to sacrifice? And that's actually the big thing with me and my husband. We just have such open communication, yeah. even to the point, if you think it's about to hurt the other person's feelings, you still are obligated to say it.
0: How do you guys get to that? Like, did you guys take lessons in this? No. Did you have like a guru that like no. that, that, that coaches you? No, not I mean, at
1: all. It literally was... Just both we, stum- like yeah, we, we stumbled upon it. We were young enough and I think that this could be a blessing or a curse for people. Yeah. We were young enough that we weren't dogmatic about anything mm. so I was 21 when I met him so we've been together for like 19 years yeah, for
0: a long time yeah so you grew up together in a yes, way yes you know yeah you know a, but a, in a lot of times when people grow up like that they can either grow apart right. or they grow closer together right. and we were
1: very aware yeah. of that and so we knew that as we grow as humans yeah you have the opportunity to grow together or grow apart. Right. And so for us, that was actually another reason why we structured our lives and we work together, because we want to grow together. And so we said, okay, if I've got this career over here and he's got a career yeah. over there, again this is whatever people choose I think and there's no right or wrong but for us we realize that if we weren't in the vicinity of each other yeah um that we would grow apart not grow apart but we would grow and the other person wouldn't see it and I think Mm. the joy for us is seeing the other person grow right and seeing them blossom and so when I you know Tom people know him now to be this great speaker you know it's like oh my god like he's such a great speaker but I remember we were sitting in my living room, where it was me, him, my mum, my brother, and my sister. So just like three people, and he was so prof- he had so much anxiety. Wow! That when I asked him to tell my family a story, I was like, "Come on, babe, you, you know the story. Come on, tell them." He froze, with anxiety. So this is a man who I have seen go from not being able to tell a story to my own family to being able to stand up in front of 10,000 people and blow them away. And I got to see that growth and that bonded us to see that. Now, again, this is, it depends on, you know, some people, they actually would would kill each other and that Mm -hmm. would actually destroy their relationship. But for me and him, it brought us closer together. And he saw me from going from being a housewife or a stay-at-home wife to then stepping into my own, becoming a woman who feels very strong has a clear vision and will go after it with full force and he's seen me evolve yeah and that again has brought us together but it is having to have the hard conversations where like one of our principles that we have as a couple is if you think it you're obligated to say it so even if you think it's going to hurt the other person's feelings you have to reciprocate when someone says that so when someone for my husband, this is just like the one thing that comes to mind. I was wearing this one outfit one day and I had this shirt on. it was all it was new, and I thought I looked really good and I was saving it for him. <laughs> we we're going on a date. And so I'm I stand and he doesn't say anything. He doesn't make one compliment, not one, doesn't say anything. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe he's got something on his mind, he's just not thinking about it. So we go out on the date, we sit at the bar, we order our first cocktail, he still doesn't say anything. So we have a rule in our relationship: don't test each other. So, like, if it's your birthday, just say what you want. Yeah. Stop hinting and then hoping right. that right. they actually get it because the yes. chances are they're going to get it wrong. And so now you've set them up for disaster, not set for them failure. up for success. Mm-hmm. And so we always say, set your partner up for success because don't you want them to win? Like, don't you actually want your partner to win? You no,
0: know, these are all, that's what I'm saying. This is all stuff that common sense sometimes isn't that common. Right, yeah. That's the truth, yeah. though, right? Because everything you're saying, like, I'm saying, yeah, of course, like, obviously, but people don't usually execute Mm -hmm. on that on that obvious practical theory yeah and you guys do that's why i'm listening to this i'm like wow that makes perfect sense
1: and we even dissect it even more it's like okay well why were you testing him yeah why were you seeing if he figured out what birthday present you wanted it's like oh you i was testing because maybe i don't feel like i'm being paid enough attention Okay, well, if you're not paying enough attention, what are you actually going to do about it? Right? So it's like we kind of just dissect. Yeah. Why are you doing that? Like, don't, and then it just comes back down to, don't you want them to win? Yeah. So, so true. So, in this this date night, I was like, okay, I want him to win. So, I'm just going to ask him, babe, do you like the top? And he looks me up and down. He's like, (laughs) and I was like oh that stung so hard and as a woman you want to like I wanted to feel attractive we hadn't gone on a date night in months so this was my big thing I was going to knock his socks off and I didn't and so I I went quiet and he's like why are you upset and I was like well you didn't like the top and he's like but babe I'm always going to be honest with you because he's like when you're 80 years old and you're all wrinkly and I tell you you look beautiful I, you need to believe it yeah. so I'm not going to bullshit you on times where you just want to hear it it's true and so I, I literally it's exactly what I was, I was like god he's got a point yeah so I said okay he's got a point but I still don't feel good about the fact that now I'm I've tried to knock his socks off and I didn't right so we came up with a strategy he's like okay well if I didn't like it change it right change the behavior yeah so I said okay Next time we go on a date, I'm just going to ask you in advance if you like the top before we leave the house. Then if he's honest, I can decide whether I want to change or not. Because I don't always dress up for him. I dress up for myself right, a lot right, of time right, as well. Right. But at least I'm given that that opportunity the option, to change yeah. this to the top. So now we've made a deal that every time we go out, I'm just going to ask him up front. And then if he doesn't like it, I'm going to then decide whether I change or not. And so we've come up with a conclusion or a solution right. to that. What may seem silly or trivial, actually, in the long in long term, if you don't have those discussions now, at least for me, I can only speak for myself. I would have probably felt unloved, unattractive, right? And mm-hmm. then it becomes like a um, a feeling of myself worth, like as I'm kind of if I play this yeah, out on a long enough timeline. Yes. I start to understand why, I then start to feel badly about myself. Well, hang on, backtrack. It's because you didn't actually feel connected to your husband. You tried to connect with him visually. He didn't reciprocate, and now I feel even more alone. And so I kind of yeah dissect. You
0: ba- I think that's amazing, though. This is great information because I also think this can apply to anything in life, mm-hmm. right? Like your self worth, your self confidence, how you read, how you deal with people, human interaction. Yeah. Like there's a lot of like there's a lot like there's a lot of. um Cross pollination, basically yeah. between personal and professional. But then I want to get back to like you said, sacrifices. So yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I no, That no, no, no. was good. I, that was all very good information. I like I said, it's like these the stuff that's like common sense isn't so common. Mm. So I, I love hearing it. Um, but so what would you say some sacrifices were to have this kind of grandiose success? Yeah. Professionally. So
1: it really was okay. Well, what type of relationship do we want? Because right. if I want um, a husband that comes home at six p.m and has dinner with me every day, then getting into your own business is not the right Right. solution, Right. right? So it's, what are we, am I willing to sacrifice that? Am I willing to sacrifice the fact that, I mean, we went, and it's the longest like stint we ever went where we didn't have even one moment alone, we went six weeks. As husband and wife now, we sleep in the same bed But that was our pretty much our only time we ever saw each other was he was and he comes in, he's got his headphones on and he's either researching or I'm researching and he's brushing his teeth with his headphones on. So literally we climb into bed, we switch the light off and we're like, did you have a good day? Yes, baby. Love you. Love you too. And that is our interaction. We did that for six weeks. Um, and that's tough and it's going, are you willing to sacrifice those types of times? Because when it comes to it, when it comes to let's say moments of opportunities, Right. Well, Mm -hmm. what are you gonna decide? And we go into things with full clarity. So it's like right now we're deciding to put our relationship second. Mm -hmm. We are Mm -hmm. we are willing to sacrifice our relationship, but up to a point. And then that point came towards the six week mark. I said, no matter what opportunity comes to our table, unless it's like Obama, and we actually said this, like unless it's Obama. Yeah. I think everybody else, we said no to. So whatever opportunity came our way, because after six weeks, it now felt like it could be detrimental to our relationship in the long run.
0: So you put your relationship first. Exactly. So we
1: sacrificed our relationship for six weeks. Right. And then we said, okay, this isn't good long-term. So I'm going to now sacrifice the business. But knowing very well, like with open eyes, that we are possibly now hurting the company by saying no to these opportunities, right. oh, but wow. you've got to be okay with that, right? Um, and then sacrificing, I mean this wasn't, I guess it's a sacrifice, so not having children, so part of the decision making when I, I'm Greek, so my entire life I thought I was going to get married and have four kids, right. like that was my life, right. until I, we got into Quest and I realised I love this, I love this, discovering who I am. And over time, I was like, I don't know if I want children. And so I spoke to Tom and we both sat down and we said, okay, what does this look like and what sacrifices sacrifices would we have to make? And so if we were going to have kids, I told myself, me personally, I don't want someone else bringing up my children because mm-hmm. I got that a lot, right? Like, yeah. oh, well, you guys have the money, just hire a nanny. I was right. like, but that's actually not the life I particularly want. I
0: understand, exactly. And
1: so if I do want to have kids, I have to make a sacrifice, or I have decided I will make a sacrifice for my business. And then I said, am I okay with that? And so I just weighed the sacrifices that I would make, and I said, right now, I love my life. And then the next step, the last real thing for us, was um, our relationship, me and my husband's relationship. So I understand that nature makes sure that as a mother, you put your kids first. You'd have to, right? Mm -hmm. Back in the day, it's like when a lion's coming after you, you've got to put your kids first. Husband comes second, maybe even third, depending on how many kids you have. Mm -hmm. And that was a reality we spoke about. And I said, all right, babe, are you willing to sacrifice, if we have kids, that you've gone from my number one to my number two, to then potentially my number three? That would, just, that would be a sacrifice we would have to make. And he said, no, I don't want to make that sacrifice. And I said, okay, well, that, you know, we have to be real with each other. I didn't take offense to that. I want him to be honest no, with me. No,
0: and exactly. I think a lot of people, over, like, they don't talk about those things, yeah. and they just kind of bypass exactly. that. And I think it's really remiss because I have two kids, and it would be, there's, in the Jewish cult, we're Jewish, a lot of rabbis say you always put your spouse first mm. and your kids second, in theory, right in right theory, in theory, yeah. but as a mother of two kids there's there 's absolutely no way I would put anything before my right. kids so by 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 virtue of that, your relationship always will take a back seat. it 's just what like you said it 's just what happens it 's human nature right, and people don 't talk about those things, so that 's why i 'm saying you, you guys have done a phenomenal job in cultivating Mm. a really strong relationship by open communication and talking these things out because what people do, they talk, They figure it out when it's too late, Right. when they have kids, right, you know what I mean? Right. And like there's bit, no going backwards. Right. There's no <laughs> going backwards. You can't stuff those kids back yeah. in you, you know yeah. what I mean? Or businesses where one person's doing their thing, which happens and another person's doing their thing, and then you, you grow apart. And then you're like, I wonder why my life feels incomplete. I, what, I wonder why I don't feel personally successful. Well, because you didn't have the foresight mm. to really look at those things
1: yeah and say are you willing to meet them yes yeah
0: that's why i find this conversation to be so helpful in everything Mm -hmm. because how you do one thing is how you do everything yes you know and i believe that so much and then as you believe it you still make mistakes Mm -hmm. like that you know or So that's why I love this. Okay, so please yeah, continue Yeah, so
1: sacrifices. I mean, yeah. we, every time we realize we're, we're a, you know, a fork in the road or something, we just say, okay, we sit down as a team and say, do we want to sacrifice and then do it individually. So we call it like the selfish desire game, yeah. which is like, don't even think about me. Yeah. Like just take yourself. me out of the equation. Think about yourself. What do you actually want? So when my husband, I was like, what do you actually, like, do you actually want kids? Forget about what mm-hmm. I want. Do you actually want them? And then I had to ask the same thing, like forget about the fact that I told my husband when I got married that I was going to have kids. Mm -hmm. Like I have to put that aside for now because that brings guilt in, right? And then guilt will then make you... Yeah, do do, lots of things you don't want (laughs) want to do, Exactly. So I had to set that aside as well. And I had to set aside that my family, coming from a Greek family, they all wanted me to have kids. I had to set that aside, the family pressure. And I said, Lisa, what do you want? Like selfishly, no bullshit, what do you actually want in life? And I was like, I freaking love what I do. Yeah. And so that's when I was like, And not
0: feeling guilty for it. And not feeling
1: guilty for it. And and I know that a lot of mothers, they make the sacrifice, right? Where it's like, you choose to do both. And you've made the sacrifice. It's hard.
0: And it's hard. Yeah. And it's like, you can't do everything exceptionally well at the same time. Right. So one thing just has to suffer. Right. So you'll never, I guess, I shouldn't say never, but very rarely can you really, can you ever get self actualized or get to the, like, the precipice mm-hmm. of something because you have another obligation. Right,
1: exactly. Yeah. And then I looked at what do I really want the father of my children to be like. Yeah. And so when I looked at Tom's life and mm-hmm. what he wants out of life, he said, I'm never going to be that person that's coming home at 6 p.m. Yeah. So if you want a family, you know, kids where he's like, I'm not going to be that type of father, but I want to be present in their lives. So then we said, okay, what does a Monday look like? What does a Saturday look like? Because if a Monday looks like he wakes up four thirty in the morning, which he does, and he goes to work and he comes back at nine PM mm-hmm. and goes to bed, do I wanna have kids with somebody who is like that? Now again, that's not a dig against him. But No,
0: I speak an artist about exactly. who he is. Yeah. And
1: I cannot ask for him to be anyone other than himself yeah. so for me to say yes you have to come home at 6 now I'm asking for him to be someone that is not the man that I fell in love with the man that I fell in love with was ambitious Right. so hang on <laughs> the same thing that drove me to be attracted to him is now something I'm looking to take away from him that doesn't make sense yeah. to me so I really dissected all of that. And then I said, okay, on a Saturday, let's say he takes the day off. He wants to be a good father. I want him to be a good father. So that means he'll be with the kids. Well, where does that leave me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to be his number two. Right. So that's when we go back to, okay, then that's how we came to the conclusion of not having to, kids. Right. Because it was like we just did this whole analysis over months and months and months of being very raw and open and real with each other and going back to what you're saying about that type of technique of communication we use in our business and that's exactly how we built quest and exactly how we built impact theory yeah. it's like the no bullshit like what do you selfishly want to do what's the no bullshit way of getting there and then are we willing to sacrifice to do it
0: yeah, so many people should be thinking like this, actually, because this is like the the core value, core mm-hmm. foundation. Do you think that you'll look back <clears throat> with the kids, yeah. would, because you come from a Greek family, like I come from a Jewish family, mm. very similar value system. Yeah. Do you think that you're going to regret that later on?
1: I've thought very much about regret as well because right. the one thing I was want to make sure of is that I've thought through everything and I'm making a decision that's right for me now. now. So even if I do regret it, I can look back and say, but I know why I made that decision. Right. The worst thing is to look back, I should have made a different decision. Right. Versus like, no, I made that with clarity. Yeah. Now, I can't predict the future. So that's like, I've got to kind of let go of that. And at one point I said, okay, well maybe I'll freeze my eggs. Right. Because... The truth is, not to be morbid, but the truth mm. is Tom may get hit by a car tomorrow. Or in 10 years even, which is even worse because let's say I really can't have kids in 10 years. Right, so right. now my husband no longer exists, He's because he's been in an accident. He died. Yeah. And now I've chosen to not have children. And here I am with wealth, but no family. Mm-hmm. How do I feel about that? I've thought about that very hard. Mm-hmm. So I was like, do I freeze my eggs? Do I freeze his sperm? Do I have kids? Like yeah, I've thought through this those whole scenarios. scenario. Yeah. But then in research and freezing your eggs, you have to do a lot of th- uh, hormone therapy. Mm-hmm. And with my health right now, I've got to get my hormones on track or like my estrogen is like almost non-existent so I'm like hang on a minute so I'm about to affect my body in a negative way for a future fear I may have
0: right well you have that that additional thing to think about, like you said, your health. Exactly. Right. Right. So if so would so
1: is it worth me risking my health now by mm-hmm. doing the hormones for something that I'm just fearful of yeah. in the future? Potentially, maybe. Potentially, maybe, exactly. Yeah. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. And so I said, okay, if that happens, and God forbid something happened to my husband, I just know that I've I've thought through every scenario mm-hmm. and I've gone, no, this is still the right move for you, Lisa, now. And I want to build a life where I'm not alone even if my husband isn't with me. Right, right. right. And that I have friends and that I have family and that I've built a community and um, people around me that mean something to me Right, and that I mean something to them. And so that becomes my new focus.
0: Yeah,
1: But to have kids now because I'm scared, yeah. I think there was a stat that's, oh God, I really wish I can remember. It was something like 96% of people that, um, that don't have children are happy something like 98% of their life. But everyone in their last two years of their life wish that they did have kids.
0: Really? Only the last two years? It's something
1: like that. So parents that had kids are very grateful they did in the last two to five years of their life. But the rest of their life, they just want to like wring their kids next. Yeah,
0: well, it's true though. I mean, I wonder what the stat would be on the amount of people who have kids because they feel like, that's what they should be doing. Yeah, I bet you it's about 99.9%. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, I didn't even think about it until I... Right, until
0: you actually thought about it. Yeah. Yeah, until you had to think about it.
1: But it was just ingrained in me. And this is where, like, I I love, like, the word perspective, right? Because the perspective of me or my belief system growing up, it was handed to me, in essence, right, by my parents, by the people that I'm surrounded by. I went to church every weekend. So everything that I'm surrounded by from birth up until my teenage years, gave me the belief right. that I should be a wife and a mother. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And so I didn't
1: question it, and it wasn't until I questioned it that I was like, "Huh, I don't
0: actually have
1: to." Yeah, you know, like it was like it wouldn't, it wasn't even a consideration. It didn't even dawn on you didn't that you had, dawn on that, you. You had exactly. that,
0: like that you had the ability to actually make your own decision that right. way. So then what is exactly I know you talk about it on like on social media. You have like some is it like a digestive health.
1: Yeah, issue? it's um so about four years ago I was
0: gonna say it, but I know I don't know what I'm talking yeah, about. No, no, so I'd rather yeah. you just do it. But
1: the good the good or the bad news is I still don't really know exactly, but oh. there's there's been predictions and, oh, okay. and assessments. So about four years ago we were the quest was at its peak. We'd finally so what people may not understand in business is that even though you may, it may say your company's worth a billion dollars on paper, unless you actually either sell a portion or I know, I, I, or know take I was saying that it.
0: earlier, yeah. You
1: know, we were living in this, literally, Quest had been announced, billion dollar company. Nothing changed in our lives. We still lived in the same house. That I was w- that we were risking to lose when oh, we started wow, the company because yes. we weren't taking any profits. We put every penny back into the company.
0: So when you were in Inc for a second most yeah, second fastest, fastest growing, growing company, yeah. yeah, you were kind of just l- still doing so your we, thing. Yeah, so yeah. we
1: literally, I can't, oh, I can't remember the exact timeline. It was either just before or just after we sold a very small portion of the company because we basically said right. the like anything something yeah. could happen tomorrow in the dust so exactly especially being a food company it's like who knows what could come well that's your the way. thing
0: you guys like hit it i mean yeah. out of the park i mean there was a t- there's, there's tons of, of protein bars there was 1, out there
1: 1500 protein bars on the market it's when we launched crazy yeah. and like
0: yours just like exploded to like being everywhere yeah what do you think it was not i'm mean, gonna get back to yeah. your, your yeah. health issue because i, I want to talk about it but why do you think that was? Do you think uh, uh, the stars were aligned? It was opportunity? What was it? Yeah.
1: Um, so the one there's one um, blanket statement that I'm going to make that I live my life by no matter what I do. So even like in starting um, our studio, okay. going up against Disney, there's always room for the best.
0: And that's a great, that's a great line to
1: live by. There's always room for the best.
0: And, and it really was the best. Okay. The, the, well, the nutritional yeah. breakdown and, was great. I was a huge... I love them,
1: and that was the thing. We yeah. basically looked at the looked at what was out there, and we said, because everyone's like, "Guys, what the hell are you doing?" It was a, you know, this was two thousand and ten, so people right. weren't spending money on food back then, especially right. because of right. the, you know, the the crash, and so they're like, "This is the worst economic time for you to guys to release a pr- a, a food product yeah. that isn't a necessity, right, right, right," um, and. What do you guys, what the hell do you guys know about protein bars and marketing and all of this stuff? Right. And there's 1,500 other products on the market. How on earth are you going to go up against them? And we just said, but there's nothing that's good.
0: It's true. They're all candy bars. There was either candy bars that
1: happened to have protein. Well, at that point, you may as well get a Snickers bar and protein powder.
0: Exactly, and just put like a bunch of douse it with protein powder. Yeah, exactly. Or
1: dip it in the protein powder, Absolutely. Or there were ones that were good maybe ma- um, on the macro level but like were like cardboard yeah. and you had to like have a bottle of water next to you right, so you, you could couldn't drink them. And were, it. Uh,
0: were, you had to taste good. Exactly. And did, nothing tasted good and was good for you.
1: Exactly yeah. and that was the thing and we um once we had done the prototype we went to manufacturers and we were like okay like great now you guys can make it we figured it out right and they looked at us like we we're crazy and like guys there's a the reason why this bar doesn't exist is because you don't have sugar. So you can't it's not malleable. Right. You can't put it through machinery. And there's a reason why this so they're like, Yeah, good luck and the naivety of the beginner, we're like, Well, we'll just make it ourselves. Yeah. And that led to a whole like um you know, journey of like figuring out the machinery and, you know, we bought a piece of equipment that was a $100,000 and none of us wow. knew how to work it. Oh,
0: and you, so know, you, actually, you actually made equipment or bought or created equipment?
1: We bought equipment initially off a company that had um, just gone bankrupt and it was a chocolate making company. So oh. they, they had the slabs. And the knife cutting, the automatic knife cutting right. machine. Instead of you
0: cutting it on your own, right?
1: <laughs> so we put, we're thinking, great, machinery comes in. My husband's business partner's really good with like he's from um, Ohio, so he was really good with like fixing things and machinery. So we kind of put it together, and we're like, all right, it's up and running. Yeah, we'll just put the product through, and we'll make bars. Well, you put the product through, and it like jammed the machine.
0: Oh wow. Like oh.
1: Yeah, God, what are we going to do? Yeah. So then we figured out how to, like, um, raise the rolling pin. So then we put it through, and it stuck to it.
0: Oh, so wow. literally, yeah, yeah, it yeah. was just
1: sticking to the rolling thing. So now it's just spinning. On the rolling... Uh, and yeah, yeah this no, podcast, I know, so I know what remember. you mean, though. On, yeah. the, like, on the big, on massive the big, rolling... I understand. Yeah. So it just stuck to it, instead of, like, when on the... So we're like, oh God, what do we do now? So it's like, maybe wax paper. So I run to Ralph's, we get wax paper, we go back, we put it on. We're like trying to figure out how we jimmer rig it to the machine. No. And okay, well, now this works, but it's all falling apart. It's crumbling. Oh, so literally it was like one after another. And every step you're like, well, once we figure this out, we'll be fine. Yeah. Once well, we figure, figure this out, we'll yeah. be fine. Again, the naive to the beginner, yeah. is if, if we had known how difficult it would have been, would we have started? Right. I don't know, obviously knowing the success, yes. But,
0: but not knowing but that, not
1: knowing that right. that's one thing just like for anyone that's listening to, if they're going on that journey, there's never a guarantee that you're going to succeed. Yeah. So are you loving what you're doing every day? Right. And is it a part of your belief system? You know, so when you hit a brick wall, when you're like, you know, even when we're doing content and we just, there aren't enough hours in a day, like if you really believe in what you do, you'll find a way. Yeah,
0: it's true. Um,
1: but if it's you true. don't believe in it and you're just doing it for the money, then it's just like that the money's not a big enough driving force. No, it's not.
0: You need to be somewhat obsessed with what you're yeah, doing. A
1: hundred percent. Right. To really put in that
0: passion and like that that the energy it needs. Yeah. So do you think that you guys became what you became because the product was so <clears> much <throat> better. Yes. Truthfully, better so, than any other product on the market. Right, sorry,
1: yeah, going back to your question. Yeah no um, so A, you have to be better than anyone yeah. right be and in fact this is another phrase uh, another quote that i love that i think it was steve martin that said it be so good they can't ignore you
0: yeah no it's 100 percent. and so true.
1: that's what we're like okay our product has to be so good it cannot be ignored right and then also bearing in mind this was 2010 so people were not social media didn't exist. i know it did
0: not exist only,
1: so going back to was it luck was it timing it was absolutely it was social media had just started facebook was just becoming a, a thing yeah, think, yeah and instagram wasn't around there was nothing else so it was facebook and so my husband like at the time a lot of stores were saying like oh well we if you want us to carry you in the stores, these are the requirements. Right. And you couldn't dictate the terms. Right? You've got no leverage. You're your right, new, new product. Yeah. No one knows who you are. Yeah. And once we looked into what it meant to be on the shelves, it's like they dictate the terms, which means that if they put you at the back of the store, on the bottom shelf, and they don't sell, they have every right to send the product back to right. you. And now you've got product you can't sell because right. it's been sitting on
0: Ralph's so you're shelves. money, and you're basically like, it's costing you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: so from the get-go my husband was like no we're not doing it that way we want we need to do a product that people talking about it is it's either gonna survive or or die right. under people's um, opinions of our product right so on Facebook we literally just started a Facebook page again no company was doing this we started the Facebook page and we started reaching out to all the um, real high-level thought leaders in our space mm. the people that understand macros right that understand nutrition yeah. the real like geeks of the world So you got
0: into the community so we
1: got really into yeah. the high-level geeks of the world and we gave them basically free product and we sent, uh, we spent, we said, how much money are we willing to lose? So we said, I think it was like $5,000, I think at the time. We said, fine, we're gonna give away $5,000 of free product to the most elite people that are gonna understand yes. what we're trying to do with this right. product. And with that, with two bars, we put in a letter and we said, thank you so much for trying our product. If you love us, speak about us. If you hate us, speak about us. We only want the truth. And that was our letter. And people were like, now it's wow they don't expect anything and so if people hated the taste they said it and if people loved the taste they said it and so people were actually looking at the nutrition nutrition going wow this nutrition profile is really amazing wow it actually tastes good so they were talking about it who were listening it was the 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 thought leaders and the trainers of the world
0: as i'm saying all the trainers the thought leaders were the ones who are your biggest advocates right who who are the best people because then they tell their clients they tell it starts with the the top and it trickles yeah. down to the mainstream. So
1: that mentality yeah. of bring value to people without any expecting anything in return is exactly what we did at Quest and is exactly what we did at Impact Theory. For two and a half years, we have given given away all our content. We've put every penny that we, not every penny we own, but we mm-hmm. have put everything, you know, on the line again with Impact Theory, we've put all our personal finances on the line and we haven't asked for a penny from anybody yet. So you haven't and raised it's,
0: any money at no, all? It's it's all no, your-
1: it's all been from profit. So we've, over the last year, we've taken some sponsors. Right. Um,
0: all through podcasts and, um, through and YouTube, YouTube. Ads, so I mean, yeah. Through YouTube and yeah. through podcast so you have like i said like that's a lot of content yeah but
1: again bring value to people yeah. first bring
0: because, value to people because first. Our, the next yeah. phase in our
1: company is we make com- we create comic books which is empowering comic books right. we want to turn into television and movies that's the next stage in building right. our disney I know. yeah that's what,
0: that's what tom was saying yeah. right the comic books yeah
1: right? so we, so that's the next phase but everything is bring value to people so that they know you're not bullshitting yeah and so now it's like when we have comic books we have people that want to buy it because they support the mission that we're right. On. And the same with our product at Quest, it was like, we just, we didn't ask for anything in return. It's like, man, just show people that you really do want to create impact and that you really do want to bring value to people's lives. Right. And they'll smell the bullshit. They know whether it's true or not. Right. And so with the bar, that's how it ended up being huge. It was opportunity at the time because no one was using Facebook, because my husband had the vision of this is a great tool that no one is using. It was the fact that we were one of the first companies that were very authentic, which back in the day people weren't doing that right. type of
0: marketing they were not so, especially not especially in that area right yeah, right was, exactly it was these big companies that were like kind of archaic and mm-hmm. dinosaurs yeah you know who were just kind of pr- like mass producing these bars mm-hmm. like i remember um the fact i remember the the, cal- the the calories were 200 calories there's there, there was fiber there was you no know, the carb count mm-hmm. like it had that like the profile was perfect for somebody I, and I remember this so well, and it just gained so much momentum yeah. fast. Yeah. And so it's, now it's the same with Impact. And so how do you, like how many hours are you guys spending on Impact now? Yeah, um, as a company. As a company. Like, um, There's a lot of content. Like, again, I keep on saying It's like so yeah, much content, yeah. you know?
1: Um, so, yeah. So we have our, all our, our content that we have on YouTube and podcasts. Right. And then we have our comic book division that we have within the company. So we have three full-time artists, three full-time artists in-house we have oh. writers on staff um we have women of impact and that brand of just empowering women is that
0: yours is um, that what you yeah, do yeah so that's <laughs> how do you how do you guys di- how do you guys divide and conquer now uh, yeah
1: so so i'm glad you asked that so we deal our, with our business like we do our relationship yeah. and vice versa so what position do you hold in the relationship what position to hold in the company right because you cannot have two ceos of a company right
0: absolutely and the same
1: we hold that same thing with our 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 bus- uh, our family, our relationship, right. so there can't be two leads in the relationship. And so we've just divided and conquered. So um, the household, when it comes to the house, I'm the CEO. Okay. So my husband, even if he disagrees, I get final say. Okay. And we've just come up with an agreement. So with the business, it's like he's the CEO, Right. but we normally agree on most things. Um, <clears throat>
0: It seems like it. So, I mean, <laughs> gosh, the success that you guys have had together is impressive, mm-hmm. I have to
1: say. But So he is the real high-level visionary. Mm-hmm. So he's the one of like, we're building Disney. This is what the steps we're going to take to get there. We have to do the proof of concept, of the story. So comic books is a cheap way of doing it. It's a beautiful art form. It's a way of expressing. It's a way of taking the comic book to then Sony Studios, for instance, mm-hmm. and saying, this is what we're pitching or um, what we've actually done is we've teamed up with Steve Aoki mm-hmm. and our, co- our first comic book is, is yeah. was with him. And just in that strategy, we created so much buzz and momentum because of his fame, We were like, you know, we had um, Hollywood Reporter covering us, TMZ. We had like all the like the gossip mags, but also all the comic book um, um, magazines, like the top in the field, were all recognizing us. So again, we didn't go out to them; everyone came to us because we caused enough noise, and that's what we did with Quest. Because we were doing so well online, and everyone was asking, they were like, "How do I get this in our store?" So we online had a letter that we could we said to people, "If you want it in your stores, that." Download this letter and give it to the manager of the store. So now the stores were coming to wow, us that's saying they wanted to hold the product. Right. And we did exactly the same with the comic book. We caused so much buzz. We were printing it, we were selling it. And because of Steve Aoki, we created so much buzz that the main comic company distribution came to us. Comic book stores came to us and were saying, We want to hold your book. So once you create that buzz and now you basically you go by your term. Right. Now of course that is.
0: No, but absolutely how many how many have you sold? Have you sold a lot of these comics? Um
1: so comic books, yes, we're doing very well. In the comic book world it's um god i'm gonna say stats but they're gonna probably be false um but basically they stores are selling out which doesn't often happen with comic books because it's somewhat a dying art
0: yeah it's it's a dying so that's archie comics that i remember or you know what i mean or like marvel you know (laughs) superman yeah right but i I, I i have a stupid question and What's the correlation between the comic book sector mm-hmm. and all the other content that you're Right, you do? sorry. Yeah, going back to the question. Thank you. No, I, no, no. I derail a lot. No, no, I, um, lo- <laughs> no, I love it. Like You're giving you're great information. You put me on track, Gallo. You're just keeping keep me on back. You back on track. <laughs> thank That's you. My, I
2: was gonna,
1: uh, appreciate push that. <laughs> push your whole here. right okay. um, So, we have about 24 team members that work at our house on every day on content. Um, Um, just 24 team members. So um, probably around 80% is on our content front. So that's doing impact theory, health theory, relationship theory, women of impact. Women of impact for me, sorry, going back to the question that you'd asked earlier, is it was my side hustle. So that's what Tom and I do. We have a core that we've agreed on. This is our business model. This is what we're going to do. This is how we structure our business and our company and any passions that we have and that we want to bring into the core of the company, we have to prove its model. Because even, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, we still treat it like st- we ourselves like startups. Yeah. So I really felt like I was making, um, I was creating impact with women just by telling my story. Like yeah. that, I never wanted to be on camera. I never wanted, like talking, interviewing, this wasn't my thing. I was like the the neck that was holding the head up. Yeah. Like, so I was like the foundation of running the company. I was, the boldness, the be- yeah, the behind the scenes, yeah. the logistics, the staffing, the crew, the all of that. Um, until I just started telling my story. And so that's, I kind of stumbled into talking about my life and then I realized that I was actually f- impacting women. So I was like, well, what if I did a podcast and then the podcast into a show and a YouTube channel, but right. it, it was all a side hustle until I proved that it was um, doing well and I enjoyed it and it made sense with our core business model. And that's when we brought it in as part of our core business now. So, but I still don't spend much of my time on it. My most of my time is probably fifty percent of it is running the business. So that's dealing with staff, making sure everyone's happy, making Over,
0: of the impact of theory. the impact
1: theory as an umbrella.
0: So you have the because you're saying that you yes. your dividing and conquering is the home, right? And then this is the staff part of the home.
1: So yes, so I, sorry, I was kind of mixing those two up. So in the business side of yeah. things, um.
0: I'm HR, kind
1: of. I'm well, no. Oh God, no, no. I'm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, i hate HR. Um, So my husband's the visionary. He comes in, he rallies people, he gets people excited about what we're about to do, the vision. I'm now the person that actually has to do it. So who do we need? Who do we have to hire? Okay, well, if we hire this person, what's the knock-on effect? Where do they sit? What office are they in? Um, Do we have the paperwork? Operations. operations? So I'm like the COO in essence. But I hate being the COO. And I've I've realized that over the years. So that's another evolution I'm going through now is that literally last year, I turned to Tom and I was like, I don't like I being do the it. COO anymore. I want to be more creative. I want to be um, doing the women of impact. I want to creating, be creating um, comic books
0: or graphic novels. Because so I'm, I'm you're an artist, so, like you were saying. It makes sense that you'd want to have an yeah, like outlet. Exactly. To be thinking, thinking, yeah,
1: so to reassessing. Okay, so what does that mean? It means I have probably have to hire a COO now. So, But most of my time, at least right now, is in operations. Um, about 10% of it is probably in doing this type of thing now, podcasts and interviews and Mm. things like that. Um, 20% is probably, 25% actually, I'm lying, 30%, (laughs) is probably in the women's impact uh, that I'm doing. So, and over time I think that will evolve. Um, I just reassess uh, on a, probably on a monthly basis, am I really happy and loving what I'm doing? Um, is the vision still very clear to me? Because I think that one thing, one people, uh, people struggle with, I know I used to is, Oh, I can't go back on my word. I've said this now. So I now have to spend the next five years miserable because I've said that I'm doing this. Right. And it's, it's just so like, true. why do we do that to ourselves? I
0: don't know, but it's true. We all do that because we feel guilty. We do. <laughs> it right. all comes to, I feel like everything always comes down to guilt. Like it's every, true. we do all these things because we feel bad not to. <laughs> yeah. That's really what it comes down yeah. to. Yeah. And it's like, how do we how do we un like undo that to ourselves? How yeah. do we not feel guilty? Because mm-hmm. it's like, fifty percent of the things I do is because I feel bad if I don't do it. It's Why? a terrible way of doing life, Why? you know.
1: And I think that, and I used to do it all the time, and I would just get, it, it becomes habit, and yeah. so you don't even question it anymore. Exactly. And so I just make it a point that every month I say, am I happy? Am I going in the right direction? So last month I went on this um, kind of a mastermind thing. I got invited to this event, and I was around really incredible people that I really admire and um, in fact, I'm just going to name drop Rachel Hollis. So I was with Rachel Hollis, yes. and she turns around to me, and I was really struggling. I was like I'm in the weeds, I'm doing this, mm-hmm. and I really want to be creative. And she's just like, "Does it pass? Does it pass your bus test?" And I was like, "What's the bus test?" Yeah. And she's like, "If you got hit by a bus, like, would you have, like been glad that you just spent that last day doing what you're doing?" Now it's very different then. If you only had one day to live, what would you do? Yeah, right? say, yeah, It's very different than that. Because if you only had one day, I would literally shut down the company. I wouldn't answer my phone. I would lock myself in a bedroom with my husband and I would just hug him. Like, right. In if, all if, I mean. if you had one more if day I had one live, more day. Right, exactly. right. But I couldn't do that on my, But every day.
0: But you said that, so she's, the difference is if you got hit by a bus.
1: Right. Yeah. Would your last day still have been worth it yeah. like, with what you did? And it's like if it's what I love, so even today I've loved coming come in here and talking to you. So if I got Thank hit you. by a I bus right you. now. You'd
0: be happy. I'll be happy. That you spit of the stranger. But I did. Yeah. Now we're no longer strangers, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now we're no longer strangers. But
1: I could legitimately say, yes, I did the right thing. Now it's not me locked in a room hugging my husband, right. but it's still understanding right. that what I'm doing right now, A, it is I love being around other people that are like-minded mm-hmm. as me. So being around you has got me in a great mood. Oh, um, I feel, and vice versa. Thank you. Yeah. I feel like we're actually doing something that can help other people. So that hits the impact part of it. Yeah. It's exploring a new thing, right? Like I came to your house. I have no idea where I am. And <laughs> so doing something that's out of my normal day-to-day. Yeah. So and, um Yeah. And so just breaking it down and going, what did I do today? And is that part of my enjoyment and my future big picture vision? Yes, it is. Um, And so when she asked that of me about a month ago, I looked at my day to day. I literally pulled out my calendar and I'm like, no, nothing this week passes the bus test. And we were in Puerto Rico at the time and on the wave. And I'm one of these people that once I make my mind up, just freaking act on it. Like, Mm -hmm. stop procrastinating. I spent eight years of my life as a stay-at-home wife procrastinating and I'm just I'm done with it complacent, so complacent like, yeah. yeah exactly so I'm like I'm just not gonna do it anymore and I told myself I've made a promise to myself I'm not gonna do it right. so literally like two days later I'm on a plane back I pull up my calendar and I started making a list not doing this anymore not coming to this meeting anymore not attending this anymore you're in charge of this now I'm not and I just started pushing things off my calendar and I was like I'm holding on to these things for what reason and i realized a lot of it was ego so for instance mm-hmm. every shoot we've ever done with impact theory and we had before that it was called inside quest so now i've done maybe 300 hour long shows
0: wow of
1: just our main show that isn't even including all the other content we do i haven't missed one episode not one episode has ever been shot without me and not one episode has ever been released without me wow every show i review from and it takes me about three hours per show because i watch everything from what has been spoken to the video to the way it's cut to blinks i mean i'm like a little obsessive with that wow and i took pride in it and when i was on the plane i literally like that was like i'm not doing this anymore and i was like because i'm holding on to it because i've got some weird pride yeah and it was purely ego. Yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm building my self-esteem around having an ego that I haven't missed an episode, right. but now it's actually holding you back. So I just said, I'm never coming to another shoot anymore. I literally said that, my producers can handle it, I trust them, they're, they're great. I'm never coming to a shoot anymore, I'm not doing any reviews, and by the time I landed, I completely cleared my schedule. In order to put things on it, that passed the bus test. More so else. it's still things that's pushing my company forward. It's still m- like big goals. It's still mass- like a lot of work I've put back on my schedule, but it's all things that are going to move the company forward, that pass my bus test, that I know is going to make me happy on a, you know, big timeline.
0: So I also, that's, that's great. I mean, I think it's good when you have people out there who can kind of point you, like kind of like ask you a, a question like yeah. that, that puts like some kind of like clarity in what you need to do. And Rachel Hollis, obviously, with that. And I think for,
1: that that's probably it, right? And that's probably yeah. why I wanted to say her name, thinking about it. I try and kind of assess why I do things. Yeah, no, um, I like it. And I think I, I, the reason being is I did admire her. So, I do admire her so much. And I've read her books, and I think she's fantastic. I think she's achieved great things, yeah. and she's creating impact. So when it's someone that you already have a vision of who they are, right. when they talk, I listen. Right. So when she spoke, I didn't just brush it off or I wasn't like doing enough like, five other things and I wasn't distracted right. like you when listened she, I listen I'm like when she's giving you advice like pay attention because that's another thing like even people that listen to this podcast or other podcasts that you've done yeah. like you may be given gold nuggets of advice but it's up to the person, what they do with it. We're
0: at, that's exactly it, I say that all the time. It's up to the person. Because you can only, you, someone can talk and talk and say great things, but unless you implement it into right. your life, it goes nowhere. You know, I don't even know if I told you this, but we're doing a journal. Um, I no, he was giving me the lowdown so, on it. Yeah. I, so, yeah. So, Mikey was telling you. So, because people like you give such great information, I want to be able to make people implement it. Right. Versus just like listen, a, like very kind of like in the back, mm-hmm. the back burner. But because a lot of times I'm, I'm a person like that. Like I listen to things and like I want to remember it. I want to like implement it. But life happens and I forget. So what I want to do is create a free PDF for people where they can take these valuable things and then implement it and execute it into their life Mm -hmm. and kind of create, make this podcast a little bit more unique than other podcasts because there's so many things. Like we're talking about, there's so much clutter in everything Mm -hmm. from a protein bar to Mm -hmm. any kind of thing. So how do you... How do you kind of make yourself different? How do you stand out? Be better than everybody else, yeah. right? And give some value added mm-hmm. that people don't. So that's why I, I yeah. want to tell people that's exactly... I love me. that
1: you're doing that because that's my biggest fear. Yeah, that everything that we've just spoken about today gets heard and people are motivated and for maybe the next hour or two they're like yes I can do it Lisa and Jen said I can so I'm going to now what happens when they hit the brick wall right where they've just got the bad news that you've lost five thousand dollars in your business or someone's just quit that is a key person in your business and now you don't know how to like what happens then what
0: happens then that's exactly, like, I think motivation in general wanes. Like 100 yeah, It doesn't last. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah, like, Tony Robbins is everything. Mm-hmm. Wah, wah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you come home, you're like, wah, wah. like, mm-hmm. you need to have something to, to, to push you to the next, next place. So I, I saw some, I think you said... Um, in the notes that I thought was really interesting, that you on Sundays—I know I got to wrap this up because it's been like forever. It's been like five hours. <laughs> I'm talking <laughs> to you. I'm talking to I you know. go. it's like going on and on for like five. They're all like, it's been over an hour, but <laughs> I. You said to me that I think is re- resonated. You said on Sundays, yeah. You shut your phone off completely yeah. and don't take any calls. Yeah. Now, number one, why? I could understand why, but has it? What has it done for your life?
1: Yeah. Um. So my health was, has been That's really right. bad, just, so I know, yeah, yeah. and so I know we're wrapping up, up, so I'll, I'll just literally no, a really no, quick, why quick why blanket, so about four years ago, dream come true, got the house of our dreams, literally the house of our dreams, I had always had the vision that I was going to do the, um, like, you know, in the rap videos where the women are wearing bikinis and they're doing the twerking yes. while pouring champagne yeah. over their bodies, that was my dream, I just want to do that, by our waterfall for my husband, I was <laughs> like, that sounds so fun to I twerk with champagne, like, yeah. just fun. So, um, I literally have a photo of me and him drinking champagne by our waterfall. Within 10 minutes of that photo taken, my stomach started cramping. Oh. Within 30 minutes, I literally couldn't stand up. And since then, I've been there, or for In fact, for the year after that, a whole year after that one moment, I could barely eat which meant that my hair started falling out, my nails became brittle, I lost so much weight, my husband was, I was well um, malnourished, my husband was going to take me to the emergency room, because I put a tiny bit of pepper, just like black pepper, on my food, and it called, like that night, it caused me so much cramping, I could barely breathe. Oh my gosh. Now, in hindsight, understand, and this has been a four year journey, so I've evolved and tried to figure it out, is when I was around 16, um, I got a comment about like, oh, you're getting a bit fat, so I started reducing my food. I heard fat was bad for you, so I cut fat out. I heard carbs were bad for you. I cut carbs out. So I was pretty much on just a protein diet. And I started getting sick, not understanding that my immune, 70% of your immune system is carried in your gut. Mm-hmm. So I started getting sick. Doctors were giving me antibiotics. I would take them. I would recover. I would get sick again. I would take antibiotics. I had about 10 years of antibiotic abuse mm-hmm. where I was probably taking it four to five times in the year I wasn't eating um anything pretty much except protein like I was scared of all food yeah. and so I wasn't replenishing the bacteria in my gut so over time my stomach started getting worse and worse and so I would go on vacation I'd be like wow this food really upset my stomach I don't know what's going on so it was just an accumulation down to this one day have champagne it felt like literally my gut ruptured that's like the, the best way I can explain oh, wow. it and then I went on a whole journey of I lost so much weight I could barely stand. I was still working full time. A quest. I didn't tell anybody. I was embarrassed. Here I am. I've got one of the largest nutrition companies in the world, I and you're I, sick. I was sick, so I didn't tell anyone. So that's a whole other. Yeah. that'll be on our next. Yeah, podcast. I was trying to rush through it. <laughs> no, I know. I know. Like, I, I, these are like in this podcast we have
0: like nine episodes. I know. Of
1: I'm podcasts. so sorry. <laughs> I wish our
0: <it> <laughs> impact theory. What we on women? What on health? What on relationships? We have enough content yeah, for your stuff. Really. Wow. Um so I'm trying to rush through no, it. No, 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 please um, continue. And so I
1: literally have been on that journey for so long now. And um that was actually how health theory came about because my husband was getting up every morning for four hours researching about how we fix my gut. Um leak so in high, like, under. So syndrome? it was so many things. It was leaky gut, I had SIBO, I had parasite, I have um um God, what, thyroid issues, hormone issues. I haven't had a period in six years. Um, so it's it's like everything. Um, oh my
0: god! An hour. And so
1: now I can eat, which is good, but I am still very limited on the foods I can eat. I um, have a chef that comes in and cooks home cooked food. It's quite difficult for me to still eat out because of hidden oils. That's a big trigger for me. Oh, wow. So there's still a lot of foods that I cannot eat. It's
0: not colitis, though.
1: Um, no, it's not colitis. Okay. No, no, I was tested for that, so it wasn't that. Um, and so it's just been an evolution of going to one doctor. I thought they going to like, the best doctors, you know, throw money at it. And it's not, you go to the best gastroenterologist, all they want to look at is one aspect. They don't want to look at your hormones or your thyroid. So eventually, so re- recently I found a doctor that looks at everything. And that's, I ended up taking ownership of it. And that's another thing that I talk a lot about is that people are like, how could the doctors have given you antibiotics? And I'm like, it's my fault right like it is my fault doctors may have prescribed them for me but a i took them they didn't force it down me right and second of all when people say taking too many i think taking too many antibiotics isn't good for you did i ever research it yeah did i ever look up why so i take full ownership of how i got here and i find that extremely empowering right and so in taking ownership and going to all these doctors and still not finding the thing i was like right i'm just going to own it myself so we created a show it was a total trojan horse so we could get experts in and ask some questions we that's want. So
0: smart. That's the health impact. And
1: that's health theory.
0: Yeah, health theory. I yeah. Call health <laughs> Sorry, it's fine,
1: it's throw them all together. Yeah. But that's that so we created a show because my husband was reading all these books, I was listening to all these podcasts, and we're like, well, we need to ask some
0: questions. Did it help?
1: So it's it's helped. So I'm um, um, so in we're getting these guests on. One guest is saying about thyroids. And I'm like, hi, you know what? No doctors ever checked my thyroids. So I went off and I just got my own test done. And then another people were talking about lectins. Like, what are lectins? It's like, wow, huh, that's funny. Every time I eat peppers, I actually get stomach upsets. And so so as we're getting these people on, they're saying things. I'm now taking ownership, looking up things. And and researching and doing it. So, then, so
0: that's interesting. I want to do a whole other thing on this yeah. help, because this, now you're talking my language. Too, yeah, right? I know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. So then the Sunday. I, oh, Sunday. So go.
1: I told you, you had to bring uh, me no, back, right. girl. I am. I'm you appreciate that. Uh, You've got a good memory. I do. And this, I listen. And this is one of my problems: yeah. is my memory loss. Really? Yeah, I have a very bad short-term memory and sometimes I forget what I'm saying and that's not good when you're running a show yeah. and, but I've just had to own it and admit it. It's right. like this is part of the health thing that I'm struggling with. Um and, that, and so yeah. on Sundays I I was that person that honestly I thought meditation was woo-woo. I thought you know relaxing was woo-woo. Acupuncture like all of that's BS. Yes. People just trying to con you. And now I'm the biggest advocate because once a doctor, about a year ago, that's when my health started to change. Where they're like, "What do you do when you eat?" I was like, "What do you mean? What do I do?" I'm like, "Well, I eat this and I eat this and I'm like, no, no, no. What do you do when you eat?" And a doctor was asking. I was like, "Why do you care what I do?" Yeah. And they're like, "Because of stress." I'm like, "Oh, that's just BS. Stress and you, you know, digestion, right. your health." And he's like, "No, no, it's a real thing." He's like, "Give it a shot." I was like, "All right. Well, look, everything I've tried up to this point, I fight, you know, it hasn't helped. So I may as well give it a shot." So they're like, when you eat, go in a space where no one's around you, take a deep breath. And so I started like, practicing all these things and I've noticing it helped. And so Sunday, I'm on all the time. When you've got 24 employees that come to your house every single day, yeah, from 7 a.m. is when we unlock the doors. Oh. We go to bed at 9 p.m. We throw people out at 8.45. So my house is full all the time. We all shoot bit, out yeah. of the house, all the contents done from our house. And so I was like, I need to create space. I need to like actively create space for myself and that means so I decided I'm going to switch my phone off on Sundays and everyone initially like my family what if something happens right, blah, blah, blah. Right. and I'm just like you're gonna to have to deal with it if something happens and something happens a you're in England there's nowhere I can get to right. fast enough right, right. and then B I hate to put it on my poor husband but I was like call him yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so exactly. and that's literally what I've done and I'm like I just have to switch off has it helped it has really helped yeah
0: tremendously that's a good one to try just to kind of shut down from life for a while and recharge that way yeah i think that's a great one we're gonna to have to wrap this up because oh, there's so no i know i feel i feel terrible because i have i can go on and on it's been like i don't even know how long has it been like seriously five hours
1: yeah. okay
0: <laughs> Oh gosh okay so sorry um i was
1: bad, feel bad you have to you no, brought value to your uh, your percent you In fact, value you know, let's just address that why do women always apologize for everything? That's absolutely like me and you're true. Like you are sitting here apologizing to each other. Why are we apologizing I know, to you're each like, other?
0: I'm sorry. I'm like, no, I'm sorry. Your you're point. right. I don't know why. It's another one of those things. I don't know why we feel guilt and we feel like we yeah. have to apologize. This is a whole again. This is a whole other podcast because I don't understand it, and yet we're both doing it. Yeah, and we're both like we're both like evolved women who like are aware that we do it, but right. we still are doing it. Right, which
1: is why I try to call myself on it now yeah. when I do. Good, do it. you should call I yourself. I think that the on more it. aware we are of. The fact that we do it, I think the more we'll stop doing That's it. That's what
0: you have to, I mean, and, to, and exactly, you, you, stop, you stop the behavior when you recognize mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, this has been amazing. Can you come back? Of course. Okay, I've good. loved this. i I've had so, so much fun. No, me too. I mean, okay, tell everyone, Lisa, where to find you? Lisa that- <laughs> Thought.
1: yes please guys um follow me at lisa bilyeu i'm on instagram and the Billu is spelled b-i-l-y-e-u and then to follow uh, women of impact we've got women of impact on youtube and then impact theory which is our main show you can do impact theory or tom Billu
0: and congratulations Everyone. on 1 million subscribers thank you you're welcome yeah. not too shabby my dear not too
1: shabby we celebrate for a day and then the next day it's like now for the yeah, exactly. two million and back to work yeah. exactly yeah, 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 where's yeah, yeah. that two million yeah, right? yeah. it's like goddamn, you, you're only at it's one like, just one million <laughs> no,
0: please <that's> pathetic <laughs> exactly exactly thank you so much for coming on thanks for having me and uh well we'll see you guys later hope you enjoyed today's episode